Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast, and thank you for joining with us to worship and learn more about God. We are so excited to have you be a part of this week's service. For more podcasts and services from past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, enjoy the message. Hey guys, good morning. I absolutely love, love, love being at home with my family. I am enjoying, uh, often enjoy having people over to my home as well. Um, you know, we put, uh, put work into making our home a place where people are welcome, uh, they can enjoy, uh, be entertained. We love hosting, you know, all things hospitality. That's, that's really what we, uh, we enjoy doing. My wife uh, does a great job, um, and I try hard, but I, I try. She, she does it naturally. Um, so honestly, the, probably one of the hardest things about this year for our family has is, is been that just that, just not being able to have uh, a lot of people over um, to our house. Um, well, most of our family, I think there are probably a couple introverts uh, in, in there. Um, but the, the fact that, that coming on staff to a church uh, during this time, that has also been a huge uh, frustration, a hurdle uh, for, for me, uh, you know, not being able to, to, to see everybody, to meet everybody. You know, there are some, some beautiful families that I've yet to meet and others that, uh, you know, we just haven't been able to fully engage with, like, like is normal to us. Um, so today, you're invited to our table. Welcome to the Wynn House. Um, you know, I think you're going to see a little bit of the chaos and uh, so excited that you, you are welcome here at our table. So from our home to yours, uh, welcome. Um, so there's this, this passage this morning um, that I want to look at. It's a passage in Scripture that, that is probably one of the most recognizable, uh, the most iconic passages in all of Scripture. Second, only to maybe the Lord's Prayer. You know, we've painted it. We've, we've hung it on walls and in waiting rooms and offices. It's cross-stitched on pillows and it's embroidered uh, on blankets. But, uh, have, you know, if you haven't guessed it yet, um, it's, of course, Psalms 23. Um, now, the context of, to, to the ancient Near East um, reader who, who this is written to, um, it would be for this familiar language um, that the uh, other ancients would use to describe their deities. And, you know, some would say this poses a problem. Uh, for for the God of the Bible, that, that there's these borrowed ideas from other religious expressions that, that would come actually predate uh, theirs. And um, but then this wouldn't really be a true kind of understanding of of uh, the Hebrew authors and what they're doing and what their purpose is in borrowing from these other sources. You see these these concepts, uh, they would be easily understood in the Near Eastern cultures to describe Jehovah right the judeo-christian god and uh, but but here's a twist they're saying um uh, we're going to describe how our god is is different distinct from these other deities that you've come to know and so that most certainly um was the purpose Uh, so here specifically in psalm 23 if you want to grab your bibles and turn there uh, we see god as the shepherd we see him as the host a a, uh, preparing a banqueting table Uh, Though these concepts 
are familiar, the Hebrew God doesn't require them to sacrifice their children, right? The Hebrew God doesn't require them to, um, to please him with, with debased and immoral rituals. And so they're showing this distinction between the Hebrew God and, and their deities that they would uh, see with similar attributes. So the Hebrew writer here, and in most cases, is showing the contrast uh, between these false gods and, and the one true God of the Bible. So we know Psalm 23, or at least we're familiar with it. You know, maybe we start real strong. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then, you know, might trail off and uh, come in strong at the end. But we, we are, are we really living in the, the reality of it? So, uh, and I'll explain here in a minute, but let's, let's read the passage together. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and this mercy in the, in the literal Hebrew is steadfast love. Surely goodness and steadfast love shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's look at, at God as the shepherd. All right, it's this, talking about this close, this intimate, this personal relationship. And then we're going to look at him as the, the host, preparing this beautiful banquet table, right, to take care of a, an honored guest, you being that guest. So this is that, that, that close relationship exemplified in this, him being the good shepherd. Um, so it, it, it's God, or more specifically, Jesus. And is he your shepherd? And then further, is he shepherding you? Because there, there is a difference. And uh, much like you can be on a sports team and you can have a coach, and still not allow yourself to be coached. Just about every professional sports is, is an example of this. They're, they're on a team, but are they, uh, it's not like when they were in, in Pee Wee League, right? They're, they're not being coached in the, in the same way. Um, so the reality is, you and I, we are letting somebody, something, someone lead us. So who is, who is shepherding you? Because you're a sheep, right? I'm a sheep. God says so, and, uh, and it's not exactly a, a compliment here. God's not saying, you, I've made you this mighty sheep, right? Sheep can't run very well. Um, their eyesight is, is terrible. They're not smart at all. There's nothing that is um, exciting about them. They need leadership. They uh, are dependent, and they are needy. But listen to the language here that the psalmist is using. He says that he's going to make you lie down in green pastures. Whoo, that's hot. Delicious. So anyone besides me ever been made to lie down? Has, has God ever made you lie down in a season? Right? In retrospect, in hindsight, um, for me, it was the very thing that I needed. In fact, there was a season after being made to lie down that I would even use those exact words that, it was the rest that I needed that I didn't even know about, right? It's the rest that I didn't know I needed because uh, I'm a sheep. Um, 
Let's, let's continue. He leads you beside still waters, right? He will bring you to rest and peace, the peace and rest that you need. Sheep don't want that, that moving water. They don't want the troubled water. And here the, the Hebrew is literally translated as waters of rest. He will lead you to waters of rest. Does your soul need restoration? Because that's what kind of shepherd he, he is. He restores my soul. How about guidance, wisdom, direction? Because he wants to lead you in such a way that people will see how he leads his sheep and say, ooh, I want to be led like that. I want to be cared for like that. I want to be loved like that. See, because it's for his namesake. So when people see how he leads his sheep, it makes them say, yeah, that's, that's what I want. He'll be with you and he'll walk with you through the darkest times. This is the valley of the shadow of death. So through that darkest season of your life, he's going to be with you through it. His rod and his staff, they bring comfort. And you know he's going to protect you right from the predators. And even though he, he might use it as, as discipline, even in that discipline, you feel comforted. Right? There's, there's provision. He prepares a table before you, even when you're surrounded, you're in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil, right? That's that, 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 there's that favor, there's that blessing that's on your life, and it actually begins to overflow then to those around you. Your cup overflows. And what will follow you then is His goodness and mercy, right? His steadfast love. That is what's going to be the thing that is most remarkable about your life as you allow him to shepherd you. <laughs> yes, right? I love everything about this passage, but we're sheep. So we like it, we tweet it, we share it, we paint it, we embroider it on our underwear. Okay, that, um, that just, got, just got a little bit weird, but all right. Uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Maybe it's not what you put on your underwear, but, but are we allowing God to shepherd us? Right, we, we love the verse. We plaster it everywhere. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying return your pillow to Hobby Lobby. It's great. Uh, but are we allowing God to shepherd us? Or are we just making it something that, that we just throw on our wall? He's our shepherd. And if we put our faith in Jesus, Jesus is our shepherd. But are we letting Jesus shepherd us? So let's look at, at verse 5. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So right in the middle, and we're going to uh, really camp on this. Uh, love that he's a good shepherd, but the, the host, the table, um, that, that he prepares a table before you in the presence of the diagnosis, in the presence of right 2020, anything in 2020, in the presence of an addiction, in the presence of a relational conflict, in the presence of the gossip, in the presence of the backstabbing, in the presence of my enemies, he's prepared a table before me. Okay, so th this is really, this is how I want to read it, how I wish it was written, how I, I, I wish it was read, is you prepare a table before me in your presence. It's just you. Absence of struggle, absent of conflict, absent of storms, like you just take me out of all that. Um, but that's not, that's not how it reads. It reads that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So right, channel your inner Michael Scott as he sees Toby is returned. No, 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 God, no, right? 
I just, I just want to be in your presence. I don't want to be surrounded by my, inner, my enemies. I, I just, God, why, why? And the Lord says, in the presence of your enemies, in your conflict, in your 2020, in your struggles, I'm preparing a table. And if you're anything like me, your immediate response, when conflict comes, when, when pressure is added, when the storms blow in, is fix it. God, fix it. Take me out of this. In this now. It's dark. This hurts. This is painful. And as he's prepared this table for you in the presence of your enemies, the table is for you and the one who's prepared it. It's a table for two. See, in the, in an ancient, in the ancient Near East, the, like this, the, the reader, the hearer of this, would, this, these images would absolutely explode in their mind. Right? This is the culmination of these images coming to life. The good shepherd has now prepared a table. The Lord is being depicted here as this, this generous and gracious host, one that is able to, to lavish care for the guest. Right? Remember, this is a, this is a hot and arid climate. Right? This is the Middle East. It's very unforgiving. So the fact that the, the host would be able to uh, want, be rich enough to, to afford to prepare a table and, and uh, beyond that, to provide that anointing oil for your, your face and, and your head as, your, uh, as the hot climate has, has done its damage on your skin. And, and so it's, it's conditioning, it's soothing. And not only that, it's fragrant. So you're not going to smell like the camel that you just got off of. Like You're going to smell all of this. Uh, all these spices and all these uh, scents are just going to rise and it's going to make it a pleasant experience. Your cup is full and it's always overflowing. It's not like that, that restaurant that you go to and, and you get done with your drink, right? And, and there's just the ice at the bottom and that, that, that crazy sound with the straw that you make when you, want your, when you see your waiters approaching. Right? Or you, you rattle the glass or maybe you could just say, hey, can I get a refill please? But this is not that place. This is not that, that kind of thing. Your, your cup overflows and is always full. All right, this is not that kind of host. He is taking good care of his guests. So this table is this relationship that we have with Jesus, the good shepherd. And there are little E enemies that, that surround you, right? There are the diagnosis. There are the finances. There are the relational conflict, conflicts. There, there is the stress of life. There is... Also, that big E enemy, the devil. Right? First Peter 5.8 would, would say this. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So he, he's looking for an end. He's looking for uh, an opportunity to disrupt what is happening in this relationship, at this table. Right, in this relationship with God. He, he's looking for a way to, to disrupt. He's looking for a seat at this table for two. And one of my um, long-distance mentors, you know, we, we, um, we all have, have read that book or, or listened to that teaching or watched the, uh, the video. And, and uh, we haven't actually met the person, but they've, they've had such an impact on our lives that they've uh, become a mentor in, in, in a sense. And, you know, we have historical mentors that have uh, long since passed and still are mentoring us through their, uh, through their writings. And so here, here's what this guy uh, would say concerning this passage. He'd say, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Don't give the enemy a seat. So let me explain. 
there are times when this table, right here in the wind house, speaking of my table, it's open to all. Uh, anybody can come to the door, you know, if they, they figure out when, when we're eating, which would be a science. I don't know if you can get that algorithm, but uh, if you come to the door, you're going to be able to eat some food. Right? There's probably going to be enough. If not, we're going to throw something else in. We're going to pull something out of, of the fridge. We're going to make it happen. You can come about any time and you'll be welcome. But on occasion, say a birthday or an anniversary, I've got the fillets on the grill. There's a table prepared. You know, it's got the, the, got, got the good plates out. Um, the candles are lit and, and the music is setting the mood. And, and by the way, I've, I've, I've sent the kids away. This is only a, a table for two. It's just, um, it's just Jen and I, and, and it's probably, you know, I said our birthday anniversary. And, and you come and you ring my doorbell. You're not getting a seat at my table, right? That, that's a, at, at that point, that's when I, I turn you away. See, somebody's prowling around. They're looking for that steak, right? That filet, my filet, that they're going to devour, and it's just not going to happen, right? Anybody have that, that lunchroom bully? For me, mine was actually in college, um, Bible college of all places. These guys would, um, would, when there was cake on the menu, right, especially chocolate cake, they Cafeteria food was uh, pretty bad. It was pretty dismal, but um, no offense, Martha, if you're watching. Uh, I'm sure she did the best with, with what she had. But uh, when there was cake, these guys would go around and they would stick their finger in an unsuspecting victim's cake. And they would ask the question, uh, were, were you going to eat that? You know, <laughs> it's like they're prowling around looking for cake they made about her. There's an enemy that wants to disturb the peace that Jesus offers, those still waters. There's an enemy that wants to rob you of your rest, right? Those green pastures. He wants to get you off course of the path of righteousness. He's, he's looking for an end to bring anxiety, to bring worry, to bring fear. Instead of that peace and that comfort that walking with the good shepherd provides, he's unwelcome. He's eating your food. He's stealing your peace, your rest, your comfort. He's eating your lunch. He's sticking his finger in your cake. So how do you know? How do you know if this weasel is at your table? How do you know if this enemy, if you've made a seat for the, at, at the table, this table for two, I, how, have I given the enemy a seat at the table that Jesus prepared for only me and him? The enemy has some, some key phrases that he uses, that he's used since, since the beginning, right? All the way back in the book of beginnings, uh, and I'm going to share a few that might sound a little bit familiar. You're not going to make it through at this time. You're not going to make it through. See, that doesn't sound like your good shepherd at all. He, he doesn't lead you to the valley, but he promises to lead you through it. I'll be with you through the, the valley of the shadow of death. The voice of the good shepherd says, I am with you even in your darkest moments, even in your darkest seasons. And I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving you here. It, it might sound the voice of the enemy like this. Everyone's against you. No one, no one really likes you. You're a failure. You're not good enough. You haven't, you, you, you've, you've done too much and you've gone too far. It, it, there's, no, there's no opportunity here. Other people are deserving of this love. Uh, they're deserving of second chances, but, but not you. Even as I say these things, I know that, that some, uh, some of us listening are, are far too familiar with these words and, and the pain. The pain is real. 
John, one of the closest followers of Jesus, would, he would recount Jesus' own words like this in, in John 10.10. He would say, the thief comes, these are the words of Jesus, only to steal, kill, and destroy. To steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So why, why would we let a thief, right? Don't let a thief whose sole purpose is bent on your destruction have a seat at your table. Maybe the enemy has lied and he said, all right, there's something better at the table over there. Have you seen, have you seen what's over there? Maybe it's another relationship that's outside your marriage. Maybe it's the, the, the drugs that, that are going to numb the pain. Maybe, maybe you're looking over there and you say, oh, they're having so much fun over at that, that, that table. It goes on in verse 11 to say, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd says, this table is for you. I love you. I want a relationship with you. It'd be said of him in Hebrews 12, be said of Jesus that he would, for the joy, that joy is you that was set before him. He endured the cross, right? It's, it's echoing that the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He left his throne in heaven and he laid down his life for you. He says, this table, this table is for you. You are my delight. You're the apple of my eye. My thoughts towards you can't be numbered. And if you want to try, go ahead and go out and try to count all the stars. Right? Try to count all the grains of sand because that's how numerous my thoughts are towards you. I knew you would have enemies. I knew there would be a lion prowling around looking to devour. I knew would be some jerk sticking his finger in your cake. That's why I prepared this table for you. It's a table of safety, peace, comfort, direction, provision, favor, blessing, and guidance. You know, you want to know the best part about family breakfast for me. It's not the biscuits and gravy. It's not the scrambled eggs, right? Cooked low and slow with the perfect amount of butter that Paula Dean would be proud of. Right, just a little bit of salt added at the end so they don't become rubbery, right? It's not that, that thick, I make the eggs if you haven't figured it out yet. Uh, it's not that slick, thick sliced bacon, applewood smoked, right? It's not the uh, crispy potatoes. Bacon grease is the key there, uh, right? With a little bit of hot sauce on them. That, that's all good. The muffins, the cinnamon rolls, the, the pastries. If you haven't been, you should really uh, drop by sometime. But the best part for me, the best part for me is not what's on the table. It's not what's at the table, but it's who is at my table. I don't have anywhere to be. I, I am spending time enjoying my wife and my kids and anybody who should happen to stop by. See, I love the peace. I love the provision. I love the comfort. Right? I love the protection. I love the guidance that, that being at the Lord's table provides and all the things, all the blessings. But the thing that blows my mind and the thing that should really cause us to pause and truly be amazed is that the creator of the universe, who holds all things in his hands, he's prepared a table for you, and he wants a relationship with you. Don't let that become too, too familiar. Don't let it become too, too mundane, too rote. Right? Don't, don't let it to, to stop making you pause and, and, and be in awe and wonder. Let it continue to leave you 
like the psalmist who, who would write this, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? He's saying, who am I? Who am I that, that you would even look my way? So if, you, if you're joining us today on Rin Live and you want to accept this invitation from Jesus to begin a relationship with him and have a seat at his table that he's made just for you, you can request prayer. You can, you can hit that button and there's going to be a staff. There's going to be a prayer host that's available to pray with you right now. Um, if you're watching this at a later time, you can send prayer at rindicator.org an email and we will be sure to, to reach out with you. Rejoice with you if you were making a decision with Christ for the, ter- for the first time. Um, but pray with you if you have any other prayer needs. Um, we want to thank you for joining us this morning. We wanna just, I just want to really say a blessing over you. Then may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you and give you peace. Right, that, that 2021 is going to be for you a year where you find that you're seated at a table with the king of the universe, right? And you will find that peace and that comfort, right? It's that peace that passes all understanding. Even when you walk through the darkest season, the darkest moments of your life, you still have that peace because he is with you and you don't have to fear. You're comforted by by the fact that he is protecting you against the roaring lion, that he is bringing discipline, but even in that discipline, you, you find comfort. Right, that He is bringing uh, oil to anoint your head. You're having that favor and that blessing and, and your cup actually overflows. And so then you begin to be an encouragement to others around you. May you be blessed this year. From our table to yours, we love you. Stay safe and have a happy new year. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to pray for you and make a connection with you. So please check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Here you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, or support Renaissance through online giving. We can't wait to hear from you. 